Vegas Fever podcast, Jason and Paula are here <laughs> after taking a week off. Uh, there really hasn't been much to talk about. So what we're going to do is talk about something that we haven't talked about in months, and that is UNLV basketball. We have a schedule, um, mostly. Uh, we have a conference schedule for UNLV, that is, that is fully done. It just needs needs times and television. But it's out, and most of the non-conference schedule will be able to talk about um, a little bit of MLS, uh, some soccer maybe coming to Vegas. Uh, Golden Knights schedule uh, came out with you know with their times and everything. We'll talk a little bit about that, and also maybe some you know, Oakland A's to Vegas. A little bit more news on what they've got going on back in Oakland. We'll start with UNLV, of course, because uh, this is a UNLV Vegas Golden Knight show first and foremost. We do some other things, but that's always secondary. Their non-conference schedule is just about finished. They will have that um, tournament at T-Mobile Arena. They will take on Michigan. And then the winner, uh, if if they were to prevail, which would be a huge if. I mean, that Michigan team is top five. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ju I mean that's Jawan Howard, former Michigan player. Um, he had them... I believe they went to the final four last year, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's that's not going to be very fun. And that's right off the bat, like within the first couple weeks of the season at the end of November around Thanksgiving. So what's going to happen is, is you're really going to see exactly what Kevin Kruger mm -hmm. was able to put together. And I believe his team is better than TJ Otzelberger's two teams and Marvin Menzies' three teams combined. And a couple of Dave Rice's like last year or two, Kevin has better players. He's a chip off the old block. I've been watching the videos of the UN, you know, UNLV po posts on YouTube, mm -hmm. and uh, it's called "Run It Back." He's amazing. He's he's really solid, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. And the guys listen to him, and they're buying in, and they're doing summer workouts. And I feel like when they start up, you know, uh, practice in the fall or you know in September, mm -hmm. um. UNLV will not be pushed around. They will be beaten, but they will not be pushed around defensively like they have been pushed around the last five or six, seven years. They won't be. Um, and uh, I think it'll be, you'll be, it'll, it, it's a product that you'll be proud to watch. Yeah. And I really can't wait to see. Um, so Michigan, and then if they win, let's say they beat Michigan by some, you know, amazement in my mind you know not you know not to be a debbie downer but they would get arizona <laughs> or wichita state so whoever they end up playing two games in those couple of days are good for unlv's schedule basically the way the ncaa looks at you know it's changed the way they look at tournament resumes they do things differently but one thing that remains the same is that who you play and who you beat, and even if you lose to them, the committee looks at that. So if UNLV beats an Arizona or a Wichita State but loses to Michigan, that's okay. Because they don't have too because many... Because they're better teams? Correct. So it's good losses. They call them good losses, and it's, you know, they... UNLV has cupcake games. Everybody has cupcake games. The, the good thing about this is, is that there is solid, solid people on UNLV's schedule. So UNLV will play... 
uh, in total. Garner Webb. Now, Garner Webb is here in North Carolina. Um, they're a smaller school, but historically they're, they're pretty solid. So the committee is not going to look at that as, as you know, that's probably going to be a, a game that's not going to impress them. But UNLV should beat Garner Webb. They, they go and play Cal. Okay. Um, and that's that. That's going to be a tough game for UNLV. They play North Dakota State, which North Dakota State historically is very, very good. Same conference that T.J. Altsberger came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the well, they've changed conference names, but North Dakota State, right there by South Dakota State, where T.J. Altsberger was, or South Dakota and Michigan, Arizona, Wichita State, UCLA. UNLV will play this year. That was supposed to be a game that was happening last year, um, but it was uh, postponed with COVID. They will take on San Francisco, and they will take on Nebraska-Omaha. So there's definitely a couple of games where you could say um, those are cupcakes, but UNLV's non-conference schedule is very solid, in my opinion, and they have a couple of games to add. Um, I think... That if we count these games here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you're looking at ten non-conference games, uh, at least. If they can, if they can go six and four, seven and three, I think you're really proud. Anything more is, we'll take it. Do you think the expectations are higher because of who he is? No, I think he has nothing. He has no expectations. He's taking over a team. No, I'm talking about fans' expectations. Um, I think the fans expect for him to win. I don't think that they should expect... They expect for him to win. I don't think that they should expect for him to win right now. I don't think... A question was posed on Twitter. Does this team get 20 wins in year one? I don't think so. I think 16 to 18 wins is acceptable, and that's what it should be. First-year head coach coming in... Uh, with a team that no experience, no like brand right, new first year, right? He has a terrific staff, but himself has not coached. Taking over a team that regressed in T.J. Altsberger's second year, um, I think. Look, realistically, fourteen to eighteen wins. I'm saying sixteen to eighteen wins because I can see that because the I think the Mountain West Conference right, after you your top four is down. Right, eighteen wins. That's not far from where people are saying twenty. I think that's a little even with your numbers, a little optimistic. Not I mean, that it wouldn't be a good thing, but don't you think that's kind of shooting high? Yeah, it is, and <laughs> and I'm shooting high because he has a better roster now. If they come together the way that everybody wants them to and hopes that they do, it's well, different. Aren't you always the one who says you know everything looks good on paper until you actually get out there? Yes. So you're right. It's true. It's true. And I mean, you know, when we were watching the team last year, you know, all these guys are supposed to be like decent, but they didn't mesh well together. That's I liked his said. roster. I think I said it many times. I liked his roster. I liked what he built. He had a couple of unfortunate circumstances. So Marvin Coleman got hurt. That really hurt the the team. Um, they got off to a rough start, and they were always fighting. Fighting, climbing, climbing. They won. They won like I think four straight and four or five straight in Mount West play. Mm-hmm. That was when you got into your your easier portion of the schedule, and then when things kicked back up again, it didn't really work out. The rumors in February kicked in about TJ going to Iowa State, and right. I really think it had it had played into the team. There's no way that it can't. You cannot tell me or nobody else can tell me that it didn't 
because it was loud. I can hear it from here. It's loud. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and there was a ton of it was a wildfire. It, 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 and and I, my feeling is is that he knew he was gonna go. Okay. And he just wanted to be professional and end the year doing all that he could. But when you're mentally out of it and you're not there, mm-hmm. you're not there. And right. that's that's my feeling. You know, we're not always right as as fans and maybe people that have a different perspective, people who have podcasts, people who cover, people who write. Right. But it was, to me, as glaring as anything I've seen in this program in 25 years. And... Mm-hmm. and that's how long I've been watching this team. I was thinking about this not too long ago. I remember the first game I went to. As he points to the toilet. So were you thinking about this on the toilet? In the shower. <laughs> okay. The shower okay. is next to the curious. toilet. <laughs> so my mom took me. UNLV played SMU and they're actually playing SMU this year. Um. I remember the player's name that hit the game-winning shot for SMU. They beat UNLV. This is when both teams were um, in the uh, in the WAC, the Western Athletic I Conference. So up until 1999, they played in the WAC, then they moved to the Mountain West. Gerald Sasser was his name, and he hit a three from the corner, mm-hmm. and he beat UNLV. And... There was about a second left on the clock, but everybody went nuts on the SMU bench because they knew it was over. But the Thomas and Mack Center is very special, and it's it's a good place. And I bring this up because for the past eight years, it's been a very sad building. Even longer than that, maybe. It hasn't been treated the way it should be. It hasn't been filled. There hasn't been an excitement until now. People are going to buy season tickets because of this guy's name, Kevin Kruger. And that's okay. They will not be the best version of what he wants this year. They will be good. It'll be okay. Good in in spots. Good at times. Bad at times. Mm Mm-hmm. What he is bringing in is solid. It's the same thing that his father did when he was hired. UNLV was in a little bit of a pickle. UNLV had been in proba- on probation and been banned from NCAA tournament play for violations a couple years before. Lon had come in and brought back the old players, brought in some really good promotional ideas. For ticket sales, mm-hmm. stuff they didn't do after he left. Lots of double headers we used to go. Double headers. Stuff disappeared after Lon left. Lon was not just a basketball coach. Lon was a mind. Lon is a basketball human being. He lives and breathes it. So I expect nothing less from Kevin, and everybody does too. Give it some time. That building will be full. I hope it is because it it's be. very sad. It is. It is. When you can hear yourself think or talk during a game, 
that's a problem. Do you remember one of the games uh, that you won a ticket for? That you went by yourself because the kids were babies I and I didn't want to go? I remember. Um, you took some pictures and yeah, there wasn't many people there. No. I think that was probably the last game you went to that I can remember. It always gave me butterflies to walk into that place because I had been in that place so many times mm -hmm. from a young age. I've seen a lot of big games at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, at home, wherever. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of big games and I've heard that place boom and it it gets loud. Yeah. It's it's got a lot of value and I feel like it's going to be back. I hope so. I, I feel like everybody needs to be calm and patient. Yes. And give it some time. That's for sure. But there's a recruit next year that Kevin's looking at. Um, his name is Richard Isaacs, but everybody calls him Pop. Was he old? No. Oh, well, it sounds like an old nickname. Maybe he's got an old soul. Gotcha. But his name is, well, it was Pop Pop and he shortened it. You know, he's going to be, he's in UNLV's backyard going to school. I don't believe he's from Las Vegas, but he's been in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um and he's got UNLV in his final four, and he's one of the best players in next year's class. TJ Altsberger never reached out to this kid, but the second that Kevin got the job, Kevin reached out to him because he's a very important piece, and he's the best player that UNLV will probably land in almost 10 years. Wow. And UNLV's actual point guard, the first point guard that UNLV's probably had since maybe Oscar Belfield or Anthony Marshall. And those were Lon, those were Lon Kruger's guys. So, this is a pretty important recruit, and he's taking UNLV seriously in the short time that Kevin's had the job, and that's 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 important. That's yeah. that's something to take notice. Um, anyway, I know we got off on kind of a tangent, yeah. You know about UNLV. Okay. We haven't um, talked about them in no, a it, while. It's it's been a while. So, uh, with the non-conference schedule out of the way, we were talking about UNLV's non-conference schedule is pretty solid. If they can win seven or eight of those games, I think that we've got, you know. Look, we have something to be proud of either way, but I think that UNLV has something going if they do that. Um, the conference schedule, um, which is which is never fun uh, lately for UNLV, it's really not fun either this year. Uh, it'll kick off New Year's Day against San Diego State at the Thomas and Mack Center, and they will actually play San Diego State twice in 18 days uh, at Viejas Arena. They'll play them January 18th. If you look back at last year, did UNLV play San Diego State last year? I thought they did. They didn't. The games were postponed because of COVID. They were supposed to around your birthday. Or actually, yeah, it was around your birthday. Mm -hmm. How long have we been going through this crap? It's be when did this crap happen? Like, I, I'm, the end I'm, of February, beginning of March. I am all over this place. Of twenty, okay. This is twenty-one. Uh -huh. I, I feel like I'm in I'm in some kind of time machine here. So UNLV did not play San Diego State last year because of both games were postponed, canceled due to COVID. They were trying to do those conference games where they were basically two games mm -hmm. 
in three days, but at the same place, either right. home and away. Um, so they will take on San Diego State on January 1st on the Golden Wife's birthday, January 4th. Uh, UNLV will take on San Jose State. And if you look at what happened against San Jose State last year, please tell me they played them. I'm sure they did. UNLV beat San Jose State twice, 67-64 uh, in February, uh, February 21st, and that was in San Jose State. And then two nights before, they beat San Jose State 76-60. to So they did sweep San Jose State last year. Air Force, uh, they go to Air Force January 8th. New Mexico, January 11th. Fresno State on the 15th. Then there's that game against San Diego State on the 18th of January. San Jose State again on the 22nd of January at Colorado State to finish the month of January on the 29th. The month of February is when UNLV will see uh, Nevada Reno on February 1st. They'll also go to Utah State, get Air Force at home, uh, and then go to Boise, to Fresno State, get Colorado State back, and then round out the month at Nevada Reno and Boise State before finishing uh, the Mountain West schedule March 1st at Wyoming, and or against Wyoming at the Thomas and Mac, and then March 5th at New Mexico. And then I believe there is about a week uh, difference. <laughs> Did you charge it? <laughs> it says locking. I don't really know. Stop. Laptop malfunctions. Um, I think they get about a week in between the regular season and the Mountain West tournament. With the format kind of going back to the way it was, you're basically going to have um, three games in three days if you finish in the top five. And then if you don't finish in the... I, I think that's the goal for UNLV, to finish top five in the conference. So they don't have to play that extra game, that extra four games in four That's days. A mighty big goal. I think it's attainable. I think they can get four or five. Okay. I mean, I hope. Of course. That they get four or five. So that's pretty much UNLV's schedule. Um, how many games do you think they're going to win if they play 30? <laughs> if I'm thinking like 16 to 18, like what are you thinking? You know, conference play, 18 games, if they can win 9 or 10 of them. Okay, so out of 30, right? Game? Potentially, yeah. Let's just say. It's about what it's going to be. My first instinct is to say 10. But I'll say 15. 15. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll say 17. You just said 18. I said between 16 and 18, oh, okay. so I'm going okay. 17. You see, meet meet everybody in the middle. Got it. I think... Wait, wait. So if it's any less than 17, do I win? Well, you would be closer. But do I win? What do you win? What are you looking to win? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> just the bragging rights? If you win, I'll never say Desiree Reed Francois again, <laughs> be because amazing. we're actually going to talk about her. This is a great way to segue. Paula's very sad. We all are. You know, mentioning that it's a great way to segue makes it not a great way to segue. I like to point out things that are extremely obvious or maybe 
I like to use the word segue. Segue, segue, segue. Desiree Reed Francois, a week ago from yesterday, yesterday, a week ago, I guess uh, decided she was going to go to Missouri. Her son is attending school there, and she took the Missouri job as the athletic director, leaving UNLV after four years. Um, she becomes the second woman hired as an athletic director in the uh, SEC and the first at one of the league's 13 public schools. So I guess Vanderbilt has a uh, female athletic director. She had flirted with jobs before UCLA was like the notable one. Mm -hmm. And I guess this just worked. I don't think she would have taken any other AD job because her son's there. And people have to respect it. Some people like it. Some people don't. She's done a lot of good for the university in terms of fundraising, in terms of getting the school out of the gutter financially. I wonder why her son didn't go to UNLV. I'm not really sure. I mean, Missouri's a fantastic school. Right. It's a really good school. So if you win the bet... <laughs> I'll never mention her again. Okay, but you're not going to mention her anyway because she's I not going to be at this. But why would you? I can you? fit it in because we could talk about things that have happened in the past couple of years and she's going to be, boom, smack dab in the middle of conversation. Mm, I can make it happen. Better I, I, I can make this happen. That stinks because she's leaving anyway. What is the prize that you think that you should get? I don't know. If, if, so if UNLV wins 16 or, or less, less, what do you get? Bragging rights. That I... You'll be the yearly Vegas Fever podcast basketball UNLV predictor champion thingy. <laughs> Do I get a crown? We should make a belt. I don't want a belt. I want a crown. Okay, well, we'll get you a crown. But if I win, I want a belt. Okay. I want, I want one of those... Yeah. One of those wrestling belts. And I'll get you a... We'll have a crown and a belt. Whoever wins the other thing has to go okay, away. Okay, we'll only need a crown. I don't want to wear a crown when I win because I'm going to win. Boom. So a crown and a belt. Yes. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> I still get to mention Desiree Reed Francois as I please. So let's go to this now. Apparently Vegas is back in the Major League Soccer sweepstakes. I thought they had soccer. They have the lights. Right, that's, that's not major soccer. that's not major league soccer. You need two soccer teams? No, they would go away because all they like to do is drop hundos from a helicopter and which apparently Paula <laughs> likes here. I mean, who wouldn't like? Yeah, I know. Basically, you stand in something, and they drop money in or whatnot, oh, or, or they drop booths? money on the field, and then everyone's got to run after it like some kind of crazy chickens with their heads cut off, and if you get it, you get to keep it. But nobody gets it because what they... Are you talking because about? The, there's a helicopter with a huge propeller throwing money everywhere. You're never going to get it. I'll get it. And apparently they had, like, interesting promotions, like, almost as good as the Wranglers, but not the Wranglers. And then, like, I guess good food deals. Anyhow, if 
Vegas gets this MLS, Major League Soccer team, uh, the lights can go away because also what's going to happen is most likely that Cashman site is, I mean, that's what they were looking to develop years ago into a, into a stadium. But I mean, if the stadium goes, they can go. Cause this is big time. Charlotte, which we don't live too far from. Okay. Took the last team. Major league soccer was looking to expand. They got it. Instead of Vegas. So it looks like Vegas is back in, and they could be the league's 30th franchise in the next few years. I guess the Milwaukee Bucks co-owner is one of a handful of people uh, trying to lure a team. Bill Foley is still trying to, you know, separately in a separate bid, trying to lure a team as well. Okay, but if the lights didn't do well for attendance, well, I mean, it's they kind did. of hard with they, COVID. They did before this. Oh. They did. So... For soccer, you could probably get like nine or ten, I think, and they'd be pretty much sold out. Like soccer has a life, right? So bulldoze it and build. With billions of dollars pumped into that place, you wouldn't recognize it. It would also kick out some of the riffraff and garbage that are going up and down that street, okay? And you'd be able to revitalize. And make it look nice. Mm. There's so many homeless people there because look at the area. The like, area's poopy. Okay, this is not the this area type of stinks. Okay, save it for the other one. It's been a bad area. So what you do is you build. You take a nice, nice new concrete, nice new big buildings, and you make it nice. And that's exactly what would happen. Um, I guess the MLS is all hush-hush about it, but it's out there. It's out there that Vegas is going to be the next up, you know, just like for NBA expansion and for MLB expansion. It was only a matter of time when the Golden Knights and then the Raiders and then the WNBA is, you know, is in Vegas. Vegas has an AHL team to go with the NHL team. It is just chipping off little pieces at right. getting everything. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Probably a lot sooner than later. Sacramento was supposed to join the league in 2023, but because of everything that's happened with with COVID and they haven't been able to get that basically they haven't been able to get the organization going. And ML MLS only had 20 franchises about five years ago, and they've been expanding rapidly since. They have 27. Austin in Texas uh, debuted this season, and Charlotte and St. Louis in the next few years. Charlotte paid $325 million, and that was double of Austin FC's fees. So probably to get Vegas in is going to be you know between four and $500 you know, million dollars at least. Um, so that's something that we'll keep keep track on for sure. Fun, fun. Fun stuff. <laughs> lacrosse. Vegas is getting lacrosse next year. We talked a little bit about mm -hmm. that. That's another Bill Foley project. Bill Foley just has his hands in everything, doesn't he? He does. We should also mention that it looks like the A's are trying to talk like Oakland and the athletics are, are talking, mm -hmm. you know, they're looking to get back to the negotiating table. 
staring at each other and see if they can hammer out a deal. I thought that wasn't going to happen. Well, the president of the Oakland A's said that, you know, the basically the term sheet that the city voted, you know, on was a non-starter. Uh, maybe they have something else in mind. Uh, the A's are looking for much different than yeah, what the we, city we of Oakland is. That. So they, in terms of what to do with the project in Howard Terminal on the, on the water in Oakland, the A's want it their way and the city wants it another. And then the city always has, well, what about this? What about these potential buyers? Let's, investors, let's, the city always tried to de to def you know deter the the raiders from doing what they wanted. The raiders knew what they wanted and the city was never going to give it to them. So they you know Mark Davis says, "You know what? Here's the finger. I'm leaving." Because it was never going to work out. The A's have stake in the Coliseum property. Mm -hmm. so it's a little it was offered to the raiders. That place is a dump. The only people who should live there are bulldozers. It should be bulldozed. The A's have every right. They have every right to go where they want to go in the city. They are the last franchise there. The mayor and the city should not F this up. Mm. Not at all. Because sports franchises need homes. And Oakland's been there. They've lost everything else. The Warriors, the Raiders. They should really invest. It. Look, Vegas is sitting here with arms open like, come on, you know what I mean? We'll take you, but so would anybody else. So would Portland and so would San Antonio and everybody else. But sports franchises are big for the fan base and there are a lot of fans there that you're going to crush. You've already crushed them with the Raiders. Now you're going to crush them with this. They should really figure out a way to make it work. I don't know if that's going to happen because the city wants the, the team to use that portion of land a certain way and like what financially way? they want them build a stadium i know but there's also infrastructure housing the whole area needs to be probably done if you have a ballpark you need you need you need houses right i mean there's there should be you know if you're on the water that's prime real estate for place for people to build High-rise condos, high-rise homes, apartments and such. So let them have it. Right. The athletics want to make it more than just a ballpark. You're talking about dining and shopping and living. And they're not on the same page. And they need to get there or someone's going walking. Yeah. And that would be a shame. It happened twice. It'll happen again if they let it. Oakland's not getting younger. And Oakland's not getting any better. It's not. It, it's a place, California and Oakland are a place that people leave. People aren't going. People are leaving. So if you take these teams and you move them, that makes people wanting to go there as low as it is, less. Mm -hmm. Because what do you have in the Bay Area? Now, you do have San Francisco. There's plenty of stuff there. But you want to live in San Francisco or you want to live in Oakland? I don't think you want to live in Oakland. You want to live in San Francisco, right? Up in, you know, it's, you know, nice. I mean, look, San Francisco has its set of problems. But it also has professional sports teams. Something Oakland doesn't have. So, something to keep an eye on there. Uh, the Golden Knights schedule came out uh, with times. 
uh, as well as dates. And um, Which we're not going to read every we, single we are, one. We are please. not. We're not because that would take too darn long. I read UNLV's because it was only, you know, it's only 18 games, not West. <laughs> okay. 82 is a little, you know, you probably have to set aside like five shows for that. Um, I'm trying to get uh, the Golden Wife here to go to Tampa for for a Golden Knights game. As you can hear, she's not really uh, I just a fan of that. I know. Times are uncertain and everything, but I think it would be a great experience. Uh, the game in Raleigh is on a weeknight, and we went there two years ago, or a year and a half ago, and it was on a weekend, and it worked out better. But we have kids. Right. So. I know, and if we can get you know somebody to watch the kids, you know, I mean... During the week when they also work. <laughs> so for that road trip in late January, they come to Raleigh to play the Hurricanes, they go to Florida to play the Panthers, and then Tampa. It's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday road, road swing. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's... I mean, you said Things it's only just, like an hour plane ride. It's like an hour and a half plane ride. Two hour, like it's less than two hours for sure. I think it's like an hour and a half, from you know, from here to there. And if, if you know, if we can get the kids in a good spot, you know, if we could put you know, make sure they're safe, you know. Well, this is something you and I could discuss in private. Yes. On the podcast. Yeah, I'm just brainstorming here. So we'll definitely be thinking about that. And hopefully in the next week or two we get some more stuff going on with with the Golden Knights and UNLV because we prey on news to pop up with these teams so we have something to talk about sports-wise. And I think at that point, well, (laughs) well, squeeze you. I think at this point they want to wrap it up. Uh, that's Paula. She's at the Golden Wife on Twitter. Please follow her. Now I can get you a lot of followers, but you'd probably be very annoyed at the uh, notifications going off on your phone. If at any point you want that, let me know. Cause I'm at like 6,200, wow. and I'm feeling good about myself. There are some terrific people on this app that. You know, care about not only themselves, but other people and really good friends, good podcasters, um, you know, Twitter friends, you know, are right. Good, right. I, like... I mean, good podcasters, good, you know, good people. Creepy. Not always. And anyway, at the Golden Wife on Twitter, uh, I'm Jason. I'm at Vegas Fever Pod. Please subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple on Google Pods. Um, just click the link on my Twitter bio and you'll be able to get to all of those things there. <laughs> I'd also uh, like to give a shout out to the Flyer and Ice Pod. Um, check them out. For what? Because they're awesome. Uh, Dan at DMG Teach on Twitter did my background and, you know, the you know picture in the circle. You know, the Twitter art in the background. He did it. Really cool. So that's Dan at G- DMG Teach and then at Flyer and Ice Pod. Uh, Flyer and Ice Podcast. Go check them out. We will talk to you guys again uh, 
maybe next week, maybe in a week or two. We'll just see how kind of everything goes. But until then, everybody, be safe. Talk to you later.